you looking for postpartum support in 2021? Are you ready to feel loved up, nourished and treated like an absolute queen after your baby is born? Then I might be the postpartum doula for you. Visit my website www.postpartumwithsteph.com, download my offerings and if you like what you see, email me at postpartumwithsteph at gmail.com. I have a range of in-home support packages along with online support and mini packages too. I would love to hear from you if you are ready to rock life after birth. This episode of Postpartum Stories with Steph was recorded on the stolen land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This land always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Postpartum Stories with Steph, candid conversations with mums and sometimes dads about the precious yet chaotic time that is life after birth. My name is Steph, woman, warrior, wife, mother, coffee lover and feminist. I'm a postpartum doula in Melbourne and you can find me on Instagram at postpartum underscore with underscore Steph with a PH. Through this podcast, I will chat to women and birthing people in a real and raw way about their postpartum experience. So sit back, grab a cuppa, even if it's cold, take off your bra and enjoy. Before I get into today's episode and introducing you to my guest and the topic, I want to quickly let you know that if you enjoy listening to this podcast and you feel like you are getting um, getting something out of it, uh, that there is a way that you can support me and that is through buying me a coffee. Uh, there's a link in the show notes and basically you can spend $5, you can spend $50 uh, to buy me a coffee. Uh, that money obviously isn't all going to go to coffee. It actually helps to pay for the podcast so that I can keep making um, episodes because I don't make any money from the podcast. So it is something that is really time intensive and I do it because I love it. But I thought that this could be a cool way for you guys to um, support me in continuing to put episodes out. So if you do feel like you want to help support me, uh, shout me a coffee. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. So today's episode, I am joined by my lovely husband, Clay O'Brien. He was in our first episode and so now he's back. And we recorded this for World Breastfeeding Week, but life got in the way, so it is a little bit late. Um, But basically, we're just having a conversation about our own breastfeeding journey and what that was like for me, the challenges that we um, came up against and how Clay supported me through that. Um, I will say that we, or I am now still breastfeeding my son. He's turning three next week. So despite the very bumpy beginning that we had, um, we managed to get through it with some good support. And yeah, I hope that you find it helpful and interesting. And yeah, I just also wanted to mention that this um, this episode, you know, because we're casting our minds back a little, we are 
jumping back and forth a bit. So I do apologize if we seem to be a little bit here and there, but it's just because we had to think back to three years ago and (laughs) that feels like 15 years ago. So anyways, I hope that you enjoy and have a great day. Are you ready? Oh, not really, but I'm about as ready as I'll ever be, I think. What do you mean not ready? Not really. I don't know. I feel nervous. Why? I don't know. Just... I'm not scary. You're terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Only sometimes. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm excited to have you on the podcast today my lovely husband, Clay, because in the intro of this podcast, I say that sometimes I'm joined by dads and that's a lie until today because you were in the first episode and then I've never had a dad back on the show. So you're the one and only and maybe that's how things will go from now. Um, Yes. gender equality quota or the poor men anyways so today I want to talk about our breastfeeding journey because it is world breastfeeding week in I was gonna say in Australia no in the world uh and yeah I just want to talk about what that experience was like for us and you know the challenges that we went through and all of those sorts of things and we did talk about our breastfeeding journey in the first episode of the podcast but and we'll probably will um, repeat a few things here but I wanted to sort of talk about things I guess longer term as well because I am still breastfeeding our son who will be three in about a month um so I want you to cast your mind back a wee bit and tell me what you knew about breastfeeding before Sunny was born. Um, it's a bit scary because I've, I've really struggled to remember um, mm. all, all the way back when. Um, I, I think that the best and most accurate um, description would be not a lot. Uh, I tried to inform myself a little bit. Um, I listened to podcasts and read uh, a couple of, of articles and that sort of stuff, but not not a great deal. Um, I was more sort of um, trying to get a grasp of, of parenting and, and being a parent and what that meant and, and being a dad and what that meant. Um, but I did try to inform myself a little bit, but really I, I can't say that I knew a whole lot really about, about breastfeeding. Mm. And I feel the same because I didn't really know much either. Like I don't think I really did any kind of preparation. I didn't attend the hospital breastfeeding class because I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> um I did watch a free webinar with Amberly Harris, who's been on the podcast a couple of times now, um, who is a private midwife and works with women to help them breastfeed. But, you know, I think of all the stuff I talk about 
with my clients now in pregnancy around breastfeeding and getting them prepared and getting them familiar. I didn't do any of that. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't express antenatally. I was so scared of my boobs when I was pregnant because (laughs) they just felt like really foreign objects and I was scared to like touch or squeeze anything in case I broke them, (laughs) Um, which sounds ridiculous now. But, yeah, I really went into that completely blind and I had heard people say it was hard, but I just sort of thought, well, it can't be that hard. Um, <laughs> little did I know. <laughs> we did talk about that in the first, the first episode. Hey. How, how, we did talk about that in the first episode, how, how naive we were about yeah. everything that was about to happen. But I do remember um, pretty, pretty early on just sort of feeling that society had failed society had failed in educating everyone about breastfeeding and how amazing it is and how incredible it is. And to, to a certain extent, also the, the um, mechanics of it, because I certainly didn't have a grasp of just how difficult it can be, um, particularly, you know, sort of getting breastfeeding established. And I remember thinking that before we had Sunny, um, if we were in the presence of a mother who was feeding a baby, I almost felt like I didn't know where to look. Um, and, you know, almost felt a bit, bit uncomfortable about being around it. And I think that that's got a lot to do with just the conditioning that we grow up with in society. And going on on the journey that we went on and, and to the extent that, that I and, and we educated um, myself and, and ourselves about everything, I just thought that it was so silly and, and felt that it's something that everyone should learn about because it's an incredible thing. It sure is. Um, I just want to go back to my first um, breastfeed with Sunny, which was not textbook I actually don't even remember it which is quite sad um because I had in a nutshell this is my birth story went into labor on a Thursday Sunny was born via emergency c-section on Sunday morning and I had been in labor that entire time and been induced and was full of different drugs and fake hormones And I was completely exhausted by the time he was born that I was not really conscious for his first feed. I don't remember who put, who gave him to me. I don't remember. I don't even remember like who got my boobs out, which is such a weird thing to say. Um, I don't remember him latching. There's photos. So I know that it happened, but I don't really remember that experience at all other than just coming in and out of consciousness and then my second recollection which I guess was our second feed again I just woke up and a midwife was just like slamming his head against my boob um, trying to get him to latch and I just woke up thinking she's going to break his neck so definitely wasn't the um, beautiful skin to skin golden hour um, picture that I had envisaged yeah. um 
and very different to how I would want things to go, you know, if we did this again. Um, but in that, in those first few feeds, he kind of caused some damage, uh, which caused a lot of pain for every feed, which was something that I just wasn't prepared for at all. And I don't know if you remember, I'm skipping ahead a little bit now, but um, it might've been our first night out of hospital and he was really unsettled and I was just crying through every feed and I grabbed a syringe and I started like hand expressing colostrum into a syringe and I just figured that this is how I will feed him for the rest of his life. Like he shall never latch again because, you know, it was so freaking painful. Um, but I wasn't like getting, I wasn't, I didn't even know how to hand express to be quite honest. I didn't know what I was doing and I was trying to fill up this syringe and it was just panic and stress and worry. Um, and I think that was before our first visit from the midwife. Yeah. How do you kind of remember that time? Um, I definitely remember your, the first feed. Um, they had taken Sonny out of the, the operating theatre and, and I'd gone with him um, and the, they were sort of, you know, sewing you back up, I guess, um, is the, the best way to describe it. And then you sort of got wheeled into to recovery and then they just basically took Sonny and, and yeah, was, was smashing his face against your boot and was just mortified really about what was happening. No one communicated anything to, to anyone mm. from what I can, I can remember. And I just sort of, you know, assumed, okay, well, this is, this is what happens. Um, I do remember, you know, taking a lot of photos and, and that's why we've got the photos that we do. Um, and then, yeah, you know, we get released from hospital or, you know, we get permission to, to bring you and, and Sonny home. And I do remember um, when we got him and you inside the, the front door and just sort of sitting down and going, well, what, what now? Like, what's, how does this work? What do when are the grown-ups arriving? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Do they know that we've got this kid here? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I remember a, a lot of difficulty. To, to, to your real question about that that moment of sort of desperation and hand expressing and all the rest of it, I don't, I honestly don't remember that particular instance, but I do remember just a, a lot of a lot of difficulty in those early sort of days and weeks. Yeah, and the problem that I had was in hospital. I probably after Sonny was born, I probably saw, I don't know, twenty plus different midwives and doctors who all had a different way of showing me how to feed him. And I completely acknowledge that they were trying to be helpful, but they were doing things for me rather than showing me how to do it. And so I really, I knew he wasn't latched properly because of the pain, but also like when I would, you know, unlatch him, my nipple would just be flat. So I knew he was nipple feeding, not breastfeeding. I know this now as a postpartum doula, I didn't know that at the time. I was just like, 
hey, my nipple looks weird and this bloody hurts. Um, And so I did see a lactation consultant from the hospital and she was really good. She seemed pretty encouraging and she kind of said, oh, you're fine. You've got nothing to worry about. He's he's latched quite well. But I still had that pain. Um, And the only um, uh, pain relief that I had for that was the, um, what's it called? I always get the name wrong, Lanceno, Lance, Lanolin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's basically lanolin it's sheep's sheep's wool oil yeah. um glad everyone doesn't see the face that i pulled when you know <laughs> an man reference guys. <laughs> um yeah i only had that as that barrier cream that wasn't really doing anything like it wasn't helping to heal the damage um and so every time he fed it just kind of re-damaged things um which I guess kind of brings us to, yeah, that first midwife visit um, where he was weighed and shocking surprise, he lost more than 10% of his body weight. Um, And I want to say here too that a lot of, I hear this so often with my clients and just with people who message me who say, oh, I've I've got a low milk supply. Oh, and I and I say, how do you know you've got a low milk supply? And they'll say, because my baby lost more than 10% of their body weight. What I know now is that if you, depending on how you give birth, if you have been given um, fluids, IV, different kind of drugs for your birth, your baby is born essentially bloated. So whatever they are weighing in at, at birth is probably not an accurate rate an accurate weight and then they lose a lot of water weight so it looks like this huge weight loss but really you know if they if we waited a bit of time before we weighed them um, and got a more accurate reading then things wouldn't seem that drastic also my milk still hadn't come in by this time well I had colostrum which is milk yes but the milky milk (laughs) still hadn't arrived um and this was day, I think it must have been day three or four. It was pretty early. I can't, I couldn't tell you what day it was. But it was um, yeah, so he weighed a fraction over, like he lost a fraction over that 10%. Um, I think it was like 13 grams more than. than yeah. And expected. all of a sudden it's just panic stations, like, you know, you need to be feeding him more. He needs to be getting more milk, you know, things like failure to thrive, nasal tube feeding, formula top-ups, express breast milk top-ups, feeding 20 minutes either side, you know, all of this, you know, numbers and schedules and pressure. That doesn't help new mums feel confident in what they are doing. (laughs) I understand why these figures exist um, because some babies, you know, aren't getting what they need. But let's look at the whole picture. Mum's milk hasn't come in yet. Uh, Baby was born with lots of fluid in its system. Uh, It's having lots of wet nappies and poos, which is great. So let's just drop the pressure a little bit. Uh, That's what I wish would kind of happen. Um, So anyways, this midwife 
recommended formula top-ups and pumping in between feeds when I didn't even have milk yet, which just sent us into a complete tailspin, (laughs) right? What happened when you went to baby bunting? (laughs) I don't even know. They they spotted me coming from a mile away, asked me if I needed help, and and I did. (laughs) And uh, God knows. The clay went to baby bunting to get formula and bottles and he came back with nipple shields and a whole bunch of different things that we really didn't need in that moment. And I really wanted to give breastfeeding a go. I, I just wanted to, I just had something deep within where I just wanted to try and bringing the formula into the house really fucked with my head. Like I was really putting a lot of pressure on myself like he doesn't like we can't use formula because then I failed like three days into motherhood I'm already failing like this is it's just so sad and you know I just want to go back and give myself a hug um yeah so we had the formula and every time it would come to feeding him I would just breastfeed him but then after the feed when I was in so much pain I'd be like "We're, we're switching to formula I'm not doing this. This is too hard. But then every feed would come around and um, I would just keep feeding him. And I fed him so much that by the time the next midwife visited, which was, I think, 24 hours, 48 hours later, he gained like a crazy amount of weight in that space um, because my milk did actually come in, which was good. But I still had a lot of damage on my nipples. Um, I basically had like a hickey on my <laughs> on my areola, which was like not something that they tell you might happen in what to expect when you're expecting. Um, and it was then that we decided to get help from Amberly um, because I just wasn't feeling confident with anything. And... So she came, I think it was like, yeah, he was six or seven days old. And she was like, let's do a breast crawl. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I've missed that opportunity. And she said, no, let's just do one. And I'm like, you can do that? And she's like, yeah, we can do anything you want. (laughs) So we did this beautiful breast crawl and she watched him feed and The problem was he was feeding very quickly once my milk came in, like he'd feed for five or 10 minutes and he'd be asleep. And, you know, the midwives kept saying he needs to feed for 20 minutes on each side. He needs to be feeding every three hours, Um, blah, blah, blah. I could not keep this baby awake. We tried, you know, taking his clothes off in between feeds and tickling him and making him cold and all that sort of stuff none of it worked. He was just out after five or 10 minutes. He was just done. And Amberly came and she watched us feed and she said, well, I know why he's asleep. And I'm like, why? She said, because you've got lots of milk and he's a really efficient feeder and he's good. He's done in five to 10 minutes. Like he doesn't have to feed for 20 minutes either side. Like he can just feed for however long he wants. Like if he's having, if he's gaining weight and having lots of nappies, then that's fine. And I, and immediately like the pressure was reduced because she looked at us as individuals, not as, you know, 
people who needed to fit into a box or a schedule or anything like that. And yeah, it was just really good to have that reassurance. And she also gave me her nipple balm, which is amazing. And that helped clear up all of the damage within sort of the next day. So that, I guess, I don't know, I feel like I'm jumping to and from things a bit, but that I just wanted to give people an idea of what that first week was like. Um, anything to add? Um, I, I remember all of that really, really clearly. Um, I remember, you know, him, him weighing in and that midwife being, you know, really sort of putting the fear of God into us, basically. Mm. Um, and, you know, you need to be, you know, keeping him to this schedule and he needs to feed for this long on each boob. And, you know, if, if he falls asleep, you need to wake him up and you need to do all of this. Sort of, and like, it was, you know, really regimented. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, and by the way, I'm going to be back in a couple of days and we're going to weigh him again. And if he hasn't gained weight, then, you know, this, this, and this is going to happen. And, I remember that Sunny had always been an extremely content baby, um, and 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 he, you know, he he was a newborn, he was a baby, but he was he was extremely content, and the it, it just didn't wash with me. And then we're doing all of these things that you described in terms of trying to, to feed him, and and um, really just just went against our instincts as parents mm. um, and you know by the time that that second midwife came for the, for the visit you know we were very clear and assertive about the fact that we'd been told to do all of these things but it just we didn't accept that there was a problem because every indication about our baby said that he was perfectly fine yeah uh, and it was just the fact that there was this one particular box on a on a checklist that he had missed by, you know, nothing really, you know, it, it was a minuscule amount. Um, and, you know, like, like you said, he, he'd gained some weight and, and then that was great. But the, the effect of all of that was it really, I think, well, it, it, it took away at both of our confidence, mm. but, but particularly for you. And I think also, you know, on top of that, you were in pain, you know, <laughs> it was, it was hurting you. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're in, in this sort of situation where it's all new. We don't really know what we're doing. Um, all we know is that we want to do our best and we want to look after this baby. Um, and then you've had somebody come in and, and take your confidence away. And, and then on top of that, you're on, you're in pain as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I remember remember all of that very, very clearly. Yeah. Um, and I think so the the topic is the topic for World Breastfeeding Week is I, I can't remember it verbatim, but but it's about basically breastfeeding is a you know, a shared responsibility. And I think in that moment with you know, the the interference from those few midwives you really stood up and were like, no, <laughs> we're, we're doing our own thing now. <laughs> like we feel like he's okay and the pressure you're putting on us is not 
cool. So we're just going to like kind of keep doing what we're doing. And if we feel like he's okay, then, then he's okay because he's our baby and we know him best. Um, yeah. And so I guess that kind of leads me to talking about how you supported me um, in breastfeeding because I hear this all the time, you know, dads, they want to give a bottle to be able to contribute to feeding or they want to, they want to feed their baby so that they can feel useful. And I want to say like right up front, there are a million other things that you can do to be useful that do not include giving your baby a bottle. And this is not a breast versus bottle debate. Like what I mean is, you know, even if you're feeding formula, like there's so many other things you can be doing for mum to support her in how she's feeding her baby. And so I want to talk about like, you know, what you kind of did for us when we were feeding and like all that sort of stuff. Um, And someone sent in a question. I'm going to answer some questions at the end of this, but someone did send in a question saying, and this is directed at you, Clay, what's it like to be the third wheel? Do you or did you feel left out? Um, So if you want to answer that. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Um, Not not at all. Um, I made the conscious decision. We didn't necessarily speak about it, but I decided that I was going to get up and do every feed with you. and, you know, no matter what time it was of the day or night, um, when you, when Sonny needed to be fed, um, I, I got up too and I, I sat in the room and, and was there. Um, I did that for two reasons. Um, one was because I wanted to be there for moral support for you um, because there were some really difficult times and I didn't want you to feel like you were alone um, in that, that journey. Um, and also, I didn't want to miss a second. Um, you know, I, I didn't, didn't, I, I really didn't. I didn't want to miss a single thing. I wanted to be there for everything. Um, you know, I, I, I can't make judgments, and I won't make judgments. And I feel for dads who who do feel that they're, you know, the third wheel, or, or you know, whatever the question was. Uh, that's yeah. a, yeah, that, that certainly wasn't my experience because I made sure that I was there and, you know, and a part of it. I, I always felt like I was a part of it. Um, I can remember, you know, in, in the middle of the night and we had, you know, we've got three layers of, of blinds in Sunny's room to make sure that the room is, is pitch black. And I can remember, you know, lying on the floor in the middle of the night and the room was so dark that I couldn't actually tell if my eyes were open or not. <laughs> um, but I, I knew that you were there uh, feeding Sunny and then you'd sort of signal me by, by um, putting your phone screen on and sort of waving it. <laughs> that was my signal that, yep, you know, either we're, we're putting Sunny back to bed or it's time to go back to bed ourselves. Mm. Um, I, I did... You really should have invested in a lamp. Yeah, come to think of it, that probably would have been a good idea. No, we did have a lamp in that room, though. We just didn't use it. It was just... Yeah. Um, I I did feel once Sunny started 
eating solids. So this was, you know, months and months down the track. Um, I, I did feel like uh, once he wasn't entirely dependent on you for food, um, that then he and I could go and do things on our own a little bit. You know, I, I did did appreciate that when he was eating solids, then, you know, it, I could be a little more independent with him mm. um, in, in the things that we could do and we could go outside of the house without you and and things would be fine. But I, I've, I've never felt as though, you know, I was, was left out. Yeah. Um, and I just want to talk about some of the things that you were doing, I guess, in those night feeds as well. Like I'd had an emergency C-section, so I wasn't exactly, you know, super mobile or able to lift or bend a lot. Um, and, you know, for me, I was just trying to kind of rest my body as much as I could. So you were doing, you know, you did all the nappies throughout the night in between feeds um, you know, things like filling up my drink bottle with water because you're just super thirsty when you're breastfeeding, going to get me snacks at 2am because you're freaking starving constantly when you're breastfeeding and you don't, unless anyone tells you or warns you, you just do not understand how hungry you are. So, you know, it's 2am and I'm like, can you go make me a sandwich? <laughs> and just having you there for that is amazing. Like, you know, just the simplest things like turning the heater on or grabbing a blanket or grabbing a, you know, a spit up cloth or whatever, that support to me is just so much more important than you being able to give him a bottle. Um, yeah. And I guess the other thing I want to say too is, you know, you got up for every feed in the first few weeks, like while I was sort of still recovering and getting a handle on breastfeeding but something I find too with my clients is um, dad is getting up to help, which is great, but then both parents are exhausted. So, you uh, you know, after a little while you would get up and do the nappy and then you'd go back to bed and sleep for a bit and I'd keep feeding and then I would come into the room and like if Sonny was still awake, you know, I'd give him to you so you could sort of rock him to sleep and I'd get a little bit of sleep. Like we'd sort of tag team a bit in that way as well so that we weren't both completely exhausted because that's not good for either party um, as well. So I just wanted to say that too. Like um, we did kind of manage, like we did kind of um, work around each other as well so we were both able to get um, as much sleep as we could. So... Yeah. Um, what else? What else do we want to talk about? Um, I, I, you, you've kind of touched on it a little bit, but it's, it's again, something that really sort of sticks out in my mind. It, it's just the, the um, you know, when you've had your confidence taken out, you know, you're in pain, you know, feeling like, you just wanted to to give up um, and feeling like you know th this is all too hard and and we'll just bottle feed we'll just you know do whatever um, and you know I, I felt like I, I really did have a role then to to support you and encourage you to keep going with it you know I, I sort of took the view that 
it, it's up to you whatever you want to do you know what, what whatever whatever decision you've got to make is has got to be the right one for you um, but I also felt like if you made a decision when you're right in the middle of it when you're feeling the absolute worst that you, you'd regret it mm. um, and so you know I, I do remember I can't even I couldn't tell you when it was, but, but I do remember there was a little bit of time there where I was just kind of encouraging you, look, let's let's try to get to the end of this week. You know, let's give it a few more days. Let's, you know, give it another week and, and see how you're going. Um, because, yeah, you know, cri crisis um, tends to, to lead to bad decisions. And yeah, and I remember that too, like you were sort of saying, don't make a decision while you're feeling, like while you're exhausted and, you know, feeling, you know, you, you're you probably not thinking about it in the best frame of mind. It's like you say to someone after they've had a big breakup, don't go and get a haircut. Like it's just <laughs> you're not going to be making a rational decision at that point. Um and that's how it was for me. Like, I'm glad that you kind of kept encouraging us um, to keep going because by two weeks we were all good. And I just want to say, like, in saying that as well, like, for me, my mental health was fine. Like, yes, I was tired and, yes, I was emotional, but, like, I wasn't feeling, you know, deep depression or anxiety um, because of the breastfeeding or anything like that. And I think, you know, if you are feeling that way, then obviously your mental health, you know, should come first and, you know, don't push through if it's at the detriment of how you're feeling mentally. Um, but yeah, for me, it really was just about, I guess, the physical pain of things and just the lack of confidence, which came, you know, in very quickly. Just me again, coming in quickly. I know I said I was going to answer some questions that were sent through on Instagram, but I lost them. I do apologize and I will do another Q&A soon. So I'm really sorry if I didn't get to your question, but hopefully I can answer it again soon. Thank you for listening to this episode. Um, I feel like I could talk about my breastfeeding journey a lot more and I probably will because I do have um, other stories to tell, but yeah, by two weeks, we were all good and we're still feeding today. Hope you're having a lovely day. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please come over and say hi on Instagram. That's where I like to hang out. Uh, my handle is at postpartum underscore with underscore Steph, S-T-E-P-H. That's where I'll be sharing podcast episode updates too. Hope to chat to you soon.